You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I am coming to you from beautiful, lovely, historic, and quite warm today, Roan County, Tennessee. Glad to have you guys with me as always. Thank you so much for uh, spending part of your time listening to this very humble broadcast uh, from this very humble broadcaster. Uh, as always, I want to just, I cannot properly express uh, how much I appreciate you being here. So thank you so very much. Uh, do want to let everybody know right off the top, going to be making some announcements soon about your opportunity to win the brand new, soon to be released, it will be in July, uh, brand new book from A.J. Rice. Uh, trust me, this is going to be awesome. It's called The Woking Dead. And... Uh, 
if you want to go ahead and take a look on Amazon right now, uh, you can search The Woking Dead and uh, get uh, a, a look at the uh, pre-order screen. Uh, of course, you are more than welcome to go ahead and pre-order if you like. In fact, I heavily encourage it. But if you would like to uh, like to have an opportunity to win a copy of said book from A.J. Rice upcoming, we'll be making announcements on uh, how you can go about doing that in the very near future. And what I'm really looking to try to do is have some giveaways that are directed towards specific areas. Like if you happen to be a listener at KYAH 540 AM, Utah's Talk Authority, want to make sure that you guys have an opportunity in particular to uh, get into that category. If you're listening over at the last frequency, want to make sure you guys specifically have some opportunities. And uh, if you're listening at Spotify, if you're listening at iHeartRadio, if you're listening at Apple uh, Podcast, if, if whatever some of these form uh, some of these formats are, want to make sure that there's ample opportunity for uh, folks to win based on where you are. Just haven't made the final determination just yet exactly how we're going to go about qualifying listeners just yet. But uh, once I have finalized that and once I've had some confabs with the programming directors at the various locations and uh, I've had an opportunity to take a look at how I want to qualify you based on where you're listening and uh, what it's going to take to uh, get you qualified. I hope everybody will participate, and I hope that you'll tell your friends. Uh, like I said, uh, slide on over to Amazon.com. Uh, go to uh, the book section. Look for The Woking Dead. Not The Walking Dead. The Woking. Oh, those people are so woke. The Woking Dead. And uh, uh, take a peek at uh, what's there on the pre-order page. And like I said, after you take a look, you might just decide to go ahead and place an order uh, pre-ordering, that's okay. But uh, there's still some time. Uh, I'll continue to remind everybody about uh, this upcoming contest for listeners to the show. Uh, definitely want to give away some uh, copies of this brand new book. Uh, AJ will be coming on the show as well uh, after the official release. Like I said, that's actually uh, in July. So there's some time to, to get into that fight and uh, uh, battle and scrap for your free copy from Tap Into the Truth. So I hope you'll take that opportunity to do so. In the meanwhile, there's a lot of things going on. And so... Uh, let's go ahead and jump into some uh, news stories, shall we? But uh, right before I do that, for those of you that are listening via terrestrial radio, you're hearing a rebroadcast, so it's probably important that you should know that the time of the live broadcast was February 16th, and it's around 7 p.m. Eastern Time. All right, so right off the, the, the bat, I'm going to start with the fact that a judge has blocked the release of Bob Saget's death records uh, just one day after the deceased comedian's family filed a lawsuit to keep those records private. Uh, Saget's wife, Kelly Rizzo, uh, and three daughters, Aubrey, Laura, and Jennifer, filed a lawsuit this past Tuesday in Orange County Sheriff uh, John Minna and the uh, District 9 Medical Examiner's Office. Uh, against these folks. Um, and both agencies have been handling the probe into Saget's death 
after the comedian, only 65 years old, was found dead back on January 9th of this year in his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando. Now, Circuit Judge Vincent Chu determined that Saget's family has a clear legal right or interest in the protected records as the surviving spouse and children of Mr. Saget. Indeed, the lawsuit stated that plaintiffs will suffer irreparable harm in the form of extreme mental pain, anguish, and emotional distress if defendants release the records in response to public records requests or otherwise disseminate the records for any other reason or purpose. Now, the reason that this lawsuit was necessary... And I'm going to give kudos to the judge in this case because I understand the family. The family's in mourning. They do not want this to become uh, public fodder out there, which unfortunately it has become. As we learned early in the week, that there had been severe trauma to Bob Saget's head. And the speculation early on was the fact that uh, we were led to believe that he probably just hit his head really hard. Uh, it hurt, but he didn't think too much about it. And then he managed to get himself to bed, thought he would try to sleep off the headache that was there, all that wonderful stuff that lots of us have done on the regular uh, for a long time. Only his injury was far more severe than he realized, and he unfortunately did not wake up after having gone to sleep. Now, to me, when we found this out, this, to me, was very good news. I was very happy to hear that uh, he did not die of a drug overdose, which a lot of people were speculating right out the gate. Uh, you know, unfortunately, once you are a celebrity and people think they know a little something about you, they like to, to sit back and have those conversations. They like to, to speculate. They like to think you're ever been as miserable as they are, that you're having that horrible life, blah, blah, blah. I was glad that that wasn't the case. Now, not glad that he's gone. I was a fan of his work at Full House. I was kind of iffy on his stand-up routines because it, it was kind of, uh, well, we'll say... Racy, shall we? That, that seemed good. So uh, <laughs> he was way more foul mouthed than I expected because I'd never heard his stand up uh, routine, his stand up comedy before he got the gig on Full House. Otherwise, I probably would have been thinking the whole time, how on earth did that guy get this role? Even though he did really good with it, I thought. One of my guilty pleasures from uh, back in the day has always been Full House, and then uh, relatively recently, before my cancellation of the old Netflix out of their uber off-to-the-left uh, antics, uh, was Fuller House, which was the reboot, and I still liked Bob Saget, even as he reprised that role as the father figure and the, the family there. And so I, I was glad that it wasn't some self-destructive... Hollywood type thing that uh, that ended up being the cause of him being gone too soon, as folks tend to say. But we uh, at the beginning of this week got this news that 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 head trauma was severe, and certain 
folks in the medical uh, area, folks that generally tend to be considered experts, they came out and they were they were saying that it would be very surprising that even just hitting your head very hard would have been enough to cause the kind of damage that was being seen in the final autopsy results that had been released. So this immediately fueled speculation. This immediately brought everyone to the conspiracy corner that uh, suddenly a prevailing belief, the rumor mill started that Bob Saget had been murdered. It couldn't have been an accident. This would have been a one in a billion shot to have happened all on its own and been exactly as it was described initially. This had to be murder. But, see, that's just it. It it doesn't have to be murder. Even if something's highly unlikely, if it falls into the realm of possibility, then it still could possibly be that. Now, if law enforcement wants to proceed with an investigation into the possibility of murder, then, yeah, by all means, go ahead. Uh, I, if there was foul play, I wouldn't want anyone to get away with it. If this had been Bob Sackett, if this had been uh, Joe Blow. I generally like the idea of law and order in this country. I generally like the idea, the concept of accountability and if you commit the crime you do the time kind of mindset i i'm 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 all for that kind of thing right so yeah go ahead and investigate it law enforcement but there is no need that these records should be released into the public domain because every time somebody comes up with some wild-haired theory and that theory gets any type of play on social media of any kind, it makes its way back to the family. And the family's in mourning right now. Do you, you remember how many times, uh, those of you who are regular listeners, do you, can you count high enough to all the times that I've said that we really need to let people mourn before we start trying to make anything like this into a news story, especially uh, to politicize it. But but even if it's not being politicized, guys, how about some respect for the family? I mean, we know in certain cases, Democrats are going to get on TV and start demanding gun control before the bodies have gotten cold. We know that's just going to happen now. That's par for the course. I, I lament the fact that that's where we're at in uh, modern American politics. It, it it's very disheartening, but it is where we are, fair enough. So again, kudos to the judge. Good job stepping up and saying, not for public consumption. Fair enough. All right, so there's also some discussion. I may not get to it today, but I do want to talk about the the Durham report. That's obviously big news, uh, even though I, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel, in talking about the Durham report bombshell, uh, which clearly demonstrates that actual honest-to-goodness spying on Donald Trump, the candidate, and then Donald Trump, the president, took place 
was funded primarily by the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, when this news broke, his monologue basically came out and said that this is a story about a made-up Hillary Clinton scandal that uh, Fox News is going to force-speed now to the uh, viewers over there and their oatmeal-like brains. So, hey, Jimmy, there's a reason why Gutfeld keeps cleaning your clock, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, uh, let's get into it. Obviously, the, the real big story right now, uh, other than the fact, of course, everybody wants to talk about is Russia going into Ukraine or not? Uh, the simple answer is yes, they're going. They are going. I, I have no doubt about it. At this point, they may decide to wait a little longer than what's expected, but they're going. They're not going to wait till we have a new president. They're not going to wait till NATO starts deciding, hey, you know what, maybe Ukraine would be a good member. Uh, let's go ahead and fast-track their membership and then uh, be in this defensive uh, alliance. No, they're not going to wait for that. Putin's not an idiot. Putin does want a big chunk of Ukraine. I don't know that he wants the whole thing, but he does want to be able to get that extra st strategic pipeline capability that Ukraine provides. A lot of Russian energy can make its way throughout Europe much easier if they control a large portion of the Ukraine. And that along with the fact that he'll face very little uh, pushback from the international community, uh, is all the motivation he needs. So whatever else you think is going on there, whatever you think may be going on to provoke, at the end of the day, Putin wants to rebuild the Soviet Union and bringing at least the majority of Ukraine into the fold is a big part of it. But the real big story right now is the fact that right now our brothers and sisters to the north, our neighbors across our northern border, are living under full-blown tyranny right now. Some of them don't even realize it. Some of them are those useful idiots that the leftists have been warning us about for a long time. They've been telling us all about it. Oh, yeah, you see, they, they think... Then everything's going to be all right. And either because, number one, they don't believe it'll ever go as far as we're going to take it. Or, number two, they think they're part of the special crowd, which is going to be exempted from all the bad things that are going to happen once full-blown tyranny is in place. So there's a lot of folks that fall into one or the other category, so they're the useful idiots. But... Not everyone. I need to reach out to a couple of folks that used to be regular listeners that I haven't uh, interacted with who happen to be in Canada that I know are still active, see if I can't uh, get in touch with them and see if I can't get, uh, get a live report from Canada involving Justin Trudeau and these emergency powers that he has enacted. Uh, Ron and I were uh, talking not too long ago uh, on both his show and here on this show, we were talking about how embarrassed we are that it's Canadians that are leading the way to freedom and pushing back against the kind of tyranny that these lockdowns and these vaccine mandates are uh, basically creating. But uh, this first story makes me a little proud. We're going to talk about a few things that Tyrant Trudeau has going on. 
according to Give, Send, Go, nearly half of the Canadian Freedom Convoy donations are from United States citizens, primarily small donors. Now, that does make me proud. Makes me proud that even if we're not leading the way on this one, that we recognize how important this fight is. You also see how important this fight is based on how the tyrannical tyrant Trudeau is trying to, to lock down on here. And apparently, presidential uh, governments are going to go along with. Apparently, the police, law enforcement are prepared to go along with. Apparently, even the Canadian federal government, despite the fact that there is literally nothing that is actually transpiring that fits the legal requirements for this Emergency Powers Act to kick in, despite the fact that it, it's not a legal maneuver for their, their federal government under the way the law is written and under the way their constitution works— it's not legal for this crackdown to go in place. They're going to do it anyway. Hopefully, when Trudeau has to officially take it before Parliament, there will be enough people that have faced the wrath of the Canadian citizens by that point to understand they can't allow it to continue and they'll vote it down at that point. But there is a certain amount of time where Trudeau has a free hand. And based on the reports that are coming out, it certainly looks like there's enough members of parliament that are supportive of the idea at this moment in time that maybe it's allowed to stay in effect, even though technically nothing within the law itself has been, uh, has been carried out that would trigger the need for it. So uh, anyway, want to go back and talk about uh, the cash donations, the contributions. Nearly half of the more than $8 million raised for the Canadian Truckers Freedom Convoy uh, that was over on Ghost, uh, Give, Send, Go, nearly half of it's coming from small donors here in the United States of America. They released this information uh, today, technically. It was Wednesday. Today is uh, Wednesday. February 16. Now, the crowdfunding platform offered its assistance after GoFundMe shut down the Freedom Convoy fundraiser uh, that had more than $10 million earlier in February. We talked about that when it happened. We talked about how GoFundMe was just going to steal that money. They literally was just going to steal the money. They said, oh, no, this is actually a terrorist or organization. They have been designated a terrorist by Tyrant Trudeau. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Does anybody over at Gun GoFundMe have the ability to think for themselves and recognize the fact that Trudeau's simply uh, being a moron on this one? Uh, anybody over there? Because if you don't, then we probably shouldn't have been trusting you with our money in the first place. Certainly should not trust you with our money going forward. Anybody who actually likes using GoFundMe, uh, if you're not a leftist, you probably need to get yourself off of that platform and find another platform, uh, perhaps something like Give, Send, Go. Perhaps something like Plum Fund. I mean, there are several other uh, 
crowdsourcing uh, sites like this that could be helpful. So, you know, if you happen to, to lean more to the conservative side or if you happen to be uh, an actual Christian, uh, you probably should already be far, far away from from GoFundMe. But initially, once they decided that oh, they're going to, uh, they're they're not going to send this money to the Freedom Convoy. They then decided they were going to choose. They were going to choose a charity that was appropriate. They were going to choose what was appropriate to send that money to. I, I guarantee you it would not have been someplace that it, the overwhelming majority of people that added to the contribution that were contributing to the funds to try to help support the Canadian truck drivers in this instance, I guarantee you it would have been somewhere that those folks would not have approved of. But they're just like, well, you know, if, if you're going to give money to these guys, you don't deserve it back. That was their mindset, their mentality. They were going to teach everybody a lesson until somebody said, hey, you know what, maybe we need to investigate you. I just so happen to be a member of... The United States legislature, and that was enough to make him realize, hey, you know what? Actually, yeah, this is stealing. Uh, we probably shouldn't do that. Uh, so we're just going to refund everybody's money. But that wasn't what they were going to do. wasn't what they wanted to do. At any rate, Gives and Go estimates that roughly half of the donations that is collected to help the group came from small donations right here in the United States. Now, the report that uh, they released. Uh, included comments from organization co-founder and CFO Jacob Wells, who shared, quote, a pretty even split between donations coming from Canada and donations coming from the U.S., noting that the average donation was quite small, less than $100. Well, you know, I, if your budget looks anything like mine, uh, 50 bucks starts getting kind of tricky to offer up most weeks. <laughs> uh, and, you know, being somebody that actually works and goes to work to get a check as opposed to sitting back and getting free Biden bucks, uh, those dollars are precious to me. And I, uh, unfortunately, have family obligations and therefore I have creditors who expect me to meet those obligations or, you know, uh, bad things happen like mm, homelessness and uh well, I guess that's bad enough. We'll leave it at that. I do still like having the electricity working, and I do like having uh, the ability to broadcast, which requires internet service. So, you know, there are things that require that financial commitment. Okay, so the crowdfunding group also announced that it was operating again uh, this past Tuesday after they were the victim of a cyber attack. Uh, again, the cyber attack was directed specifically at the Canadian Trucker Freedom Convoy fundraiser that occurred this past uh, Sunday night. Gibson Go released a statement to social media on Tuesday to address the many concerns related to the incident, saying, quote, We know there are many questions concerning the attacks on the Gibson Go Sunday night. The final words of the statement noted that the cyber attack represented more than a technical issue, telling supporters that the platform is, quote, in a battle. They're in a battle. 
Now, following GoFundMe's closure of the Freedom Convoy fundraiser, Gibson Go worked with the group's organizers to launch a new effort. And according to the February 7th press release from the crowdfunding site, uh, the launch quickly became its largest campaign ever, raising $4.5 million in less than 24 hours. Now, there is still an ongoing battle between Give, Send, Go and the Canadian government. Because as part of these uh, Emergency Powers Act, the Canadian government is trying to shut down every opportunity these folks would have to collect cash. They're trying to debank everyone. Now, this is not exactly a new phenomenon. We've been seeing it ongoing. It, it is part of the Great Reset, by the way. But we've been seeing certain members of American society who, um, let's just say, have been closely linked to Donald Trump or the Donald Trump presidential administration, who, despite still having fantastic credit, not having any issues in meeting their financial obligations, still have been told that, uh, that they wanted or needed to close out accounts, banking accounts, uh, for them or for family members of theirs based on the risk to their reputation. Now, would you like to tell me why a bank needs to be worried about their reputation when it comes to being the bank for an individual? Well, obviously, this is a case where the ESG scoring is so strong that just certain associations are enough to make you damaging to their ESG scoring. And again, like I said, it's all part of the Great Reset. If you haven't paid enough attention to the Great Reset, uh, you need to be digging into it. I do not want to sit here and tell you hours and hours and hours worth of information about it and you still come away uh, thinking at the end of the day that it's just some conspiracy theory. You need to actually go to uh, whitehouse.gov and look at the information that's there from the Build Back Better plan and, and look deeper into that. Go to uh, the official websites for the Davos crowd. Uh, all the information's out there and available. We're not repeating a conspiracy theory. We're telling you flat out what they're telling us they plan on doing. By 2030, you're not going to own anything and you're going to like it. By 2035, no auto manufacturers will be using a combustion engine. This is all part of the Great Reset. At any rate, I've got to give a hat tip to the folks over at Give, Send, Go. They continue to stand by the Freedom Convoy, uh, stating that it seeks legal efforts to ensure funds reach those whom they're intended. They're fighting the Canadian government in court, and they're still trying to find workarounds that are technically legal uh, while the Canadian government stands between Gibbs, excuse me, Gibbs and Go and the Freedom Convoy. In the group's latest post to social media, the crowdfunding site, restated its solidarity with the Freedom Convoy, tweeting out, We are on the side of freedom. Uh, freedom, all caps, two exclamation points. Hey, 
gotta gotta dig that. I mean, you should should dig that. But you know, the fact that this uh, <laughs> the fact that this is such an ongoing battle. I'm looking quick, and we're already at the halfway point of the first hour. Let me go ahead and take the break. When we come back, we're going to take another look at uh, another. Not another. We're going to take a look at another part of this story, and that is what tow truck drivers are now facing after this enactment. Uh, so you guys stay right where you're at. I'll be right back. According to Claus Schwab, he runs the Western Hemisphere. Hmm. It is easy to understand why Schwab believes such madness. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The Bible talks about how there would come a time when those who hate liberty, good moral standards, individual sovereign nations, and above all, God himself, would try to manifest a globalist, anti-God, anti-liberty form of existence and would try to force it upon we the people, whom they see as nothing more than peons to be controlled from cradle to grave. It is the Claus Schwab-influenced politicians and others like Governor Newsom, Pierre Trudeau, little Dr. Fauci, Franklin Graham, Ali Obama, and others who seek to kill still and destroy our unique, exceptional nation way of life. They are so maniacal, and they are literally trying to strip the humanity from the children via masks, mandates, and evil indoctrination in government schools. For too long, many were asleep at the wheel and allowed the madness to mangle our republic. But through God's grace, we, like the truckers, will unite and push back the darkness. God bless you. God bless America. And may America bless God. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. Uh. 
I keep forgetting I'm president. Hello, this is Dan Perkins for your Songs and Stories for Soldiers Veterans Tip of the Day. What veterans who are homeless or at risk of homelessness should do for help? Veterans who are homeless or at imminent risk of homelessness are strongly encouraged to contact the National Call-In Center for Homeless Veterans at 877-4-AID-VET. That's 877-424-3838 for assistance. If a veteran does not have access to a phone or the Internet, only then are they to visit the closest VA medical center without calling in advance. All veterans should contact their VA medical center before visiting for any reason. These steps are necessary to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So here's your veterans tip of the day. Contact the VA at 877-424-3838 for more information. The VA wants to help. This has been your Songs and Stories for Soldiers, Veterans Tip of the Day. Thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. As always, I continue to be in awe and amazement that you, you fine, fine listeners, you have chosen to be here listening to me, your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, as I bring you this fine broadcast. Yeah, I might be a little biased. Tap into the truth. Before we get started, I do want to remind everybody that I still do not have new veterans tip of the days. I've reached out to Dan a few times. I've actually gotten new commentary from Dan, <laughs> uh, some of his uh, uh, published articles, but he still hasn't sent me anything new. So uh, now I'm beginning to wonder, because he hasn't directly contacted me back, uh, if he's still doing these PSAs. Now, if he's not, I will slowly phase them out, but I am going to continue to remind you to, to please visit the Songs and Stories for Soldiers uh, site because it is a phenomenal charity and it does great work in a way that not too many people would have thought to do. Now, before we get back to uh, the primary purpose of the show, I would like to take an opportunity to remind you that, yes, the weather is kind of going back and forth. It's been a little wild here lady, lately. Mother Nature clearly uh, is in need of a little Prozac. Uh, parts of the country are seeing high winds, parts of the country are seeing flooding, parts of the country are seeing snow and ice. But this is par for the course when we're transitioning from winter towards spring. And once spring is here, then it can no longer be doubted it is time for outdoor activities. And nothing is more handy and helpful when you're getting outdoors than to have one heck of a cooler. Uh, so your best option, especially if you're in the market for a new one, is to take a look at what's available over at Blue Coolers. If you're looking for a cooler that can keep your ice at least partially frozen up to 10 days guaranteed, and in some cases longer, as I kind of tested out myself and told you a little bit before, uh, 10 days, 10 days guaranteed. 
then yeah, Blue Cooler is the way to go. You want the quality level that is currently associated with that uh, brand everybody knows. You, you know, the, the Himalayan Sasquatch brand, yeah, the, those guys. But at roughly about half the cost, then you can't go wrong with Blue Coolers. And Blue Coolers, they're about to introduce a new line just in time for spring. So what I'm going to ask you to do, small favor for me, uh, go into the show description if you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the radio, uh, then visit me at some time that's uh, easy for you over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P intothetruth.com. From the website for the show, you can click on a banner for Blue Coolers, and it will take you to their site. But if you're listening to the podcast, you can simply copy the entirety of the link. Uh, some of the places you might be listening, part of the link might still be live, and it might take you there. But if you don't get the entirety of the link... They're not going to know that I'm the one that sent you, and that's really what I'm asking for here. Uh, use this link, paste that into your web browser, go visit them, see everything they have to offer. Let them do the sales pitch rather than me try to sell you on this really great product. I mean, I can tell you how great I think it is, but ultimately, you need to go see for yourself. And what I'm asking for you, what I'm asking from you, is for you to visit using that link I provided or visiting the show's website and click those banners so that they know that I sent you. And even if you don't make a purchase, even if you're thinking, oh my goodness, it may be a while yet, visit. Visit frequently. Go back and keep using that link or the banner to keep visiting because the more you do that, the more they know traffic is coming from here and going there. And that's helpful for them to know that uh, it's worthwhile to be associated with this show. So uh, it's just a small favor. Now, let's jump back into the story. Tyrant Trudeau has Canada under lockdown. And now, as a result, uh, tow truck drivers could face being arrested if they decide that, that they're not going to help clear the Canadian Freedom Convoy trucks. Tow truck drivers may face arrest for refusing to help remove these trucks that are involved in Canada's Freedom Convoy in Ottawa and the border areas after Justin Trudeau, Mr. Blackface, Mr. I'm going to dress like I'm a Bollywood star when I visit India, Mr. The country I admire most outside of Canada is China because they're communist and they can change their economy on a dime. Yeah, that guy. Tyrant Trudeau. Definitely not Fidel Castro's kid. I, I, I don't remember who it is that keeps saying that, but somebody has been saying, because evidently Justin's mommy was in Florida, was in Florida, was in Cuba, uh, relatively close to the time that Justin would have needed to be conceived. And Justin doesn't look very much like his daddy. So some people have been insinuating that perhaps his last name should be Castro. Now, I don't know anything about that, but I think it's funny that anybody's saying it. Anyway, Tyrant Trudeau, he instituted this Emergencies Act this past Monday, officially declaring himself uh, Emperor of Canada. So, uh, quoting here, tow truck operators who have been reluctant to cooperate with the police 
will also now be compelled to work with law enforcement agencies to clear Ottawa streets and the border crossings at uh, Coates, Alberta. If they don't cooperate, they could face arrest. The development comes as Trudeau doubled down against Freedom Convoy protesters on Monday, invoking the emergency powers to stop those opposing his COVID-19 vaccine mandates for truck drivers. Quote, We'll always defend the rights of Canadians to peacefully assemble and to freedom of expression. Uh, we always will, unless, of course, you're protesting against us and we don't agree with what you're saying. That's what he should have said. Sorry, where was I? We'll also do whatever's necessary to reinforce the principles, values, and institutions that keep all Canadians free. Unless, of course, you're protesting against the government. And that's what we're doing with the Emergencies Act, except that's not at all what we're doing. In fact, we're doing the complete and total opposite. Trudeau claimed the powers would, quote, help get the situation under control. And that's really what Justin wants. Control. Complete. Total. Unabashed. Control. Of every Canadian. And any visitor from another nation while they're in Canada. Quoting again, this time from Rebel News, the act, if invoked, which of course it was, will provide the federal government extraordinary 30-day time-limited powers, enabling the prohibition of public assembly, of travel, and the use of specific property. You know, like if you happen to own some gasoline and would like to donate it to the cause. Well, nope, you can get arrested. If you happen to have some money and you're like, well, here, let me give you the money and then you can go get yourself a sandwich while you're protesting. Nope, now you're a criminal. What if you actually just had food and you're like uh, distributing the food and you give some of the sandwiches you made to the police officers there trying to keep the peace and then you give one sandwich to a truck driver that's part of the convoy. Whoop, well, now you're a criminal. So certain specific properties. Now, it would allow Ottawa to designate protected places and force privately owned tow truck companies to provide their services to the city. Uh, basically draft them, if you will. Now, the funny thing here is that most of the tow tro- truck drivers, enunciation, not usually this hard for me, sorry. The thing about most of the tow truck drivers is they really are siding with the, the convoy truck drivers. They don't want to be involved with this. They certainly don't want to be forced to work against these folks. I would love to see them still be civilly disobedient and just say, no, go pound sand. You know, prepare to be arrested because if enough of them do it, Trudeau's not ready to give up his tyranny yet, so he will try to take these people into custody. But if enough of you stand together, he can't arrest you all, even though he will want to. 
They will revoke, and this is something that might be long-term. Any of those tow truck companies that have government contracts, those contracts will get revoked. And as long as there is a single progressive left in the Canadian government anywhere, you will not get them restored. So be prepared to pay a financial cost. But at the end of the day, isn't the price of freedom worth that particular loss? Isn't knowing that you stood up and saved Canada from the tyranny that is Trudeau, wouldn't that be worth whatever risk you face? So let me encourage you, please. I I know there's still a fair amount of Canadian listeners to this show. I, I want you to know that I'm firmly standing with you on this. I want you to know that I am not the only one. There are hundreds of thousands, if not in the millions, of U.S. citizens that firmly support you and your efforts have made financial donations and contributions and have tried to come up with workarounds to help otherwise. Now, the particular act that Tyrant Trudeau has uh, called for, has instituted as of Monday under his own authority. He still has to go before Parliament to get it extended, but uh, this particular act, it's never been invoked before, not in its current form. Although its precursor, the War Measures Act, was invoked by Trudeau's father when he was Prime Minister back in the 1970s. Now, according to Canada's CTV News, Several tow truck companies have sided with the Freedom Convoy and have refused to tow anyone associated with the protest. But now these drivers could face consequences. The chaos has also escalated in another major way this week as Ottawa's chief of police resigned this past Tuesday. Quote, Since the onset of this demonstration, I have done everything possible to keep this city safe and put an end to this unprecedented and unforeseeable crisis. Uh, Dude, the crisis here is that Canadians, they like their freedom. And the truck drivers are leading the way. The truck drivers are saying, why on earth would you start relieving mask mandates and vaccine mandates in various parts of the country? but still expect that because we drive a truck, because we spend hours upon hours every day alone by ourselves in the cab of our own vehicle, why we must be vaccinated. A vaccination, the jab, a therapeutic that doesn't seem particularly effective against the Omicron variant, doesn't seem particularly effective against the Delta variant, and nobody still wants to admit it out loud, although clearly everyone's starting to acknowledge it. Even Democrats in the United States have started to quietly acknowledge it. Why target the people that keep your country moving? Well, clearly, it's still all about control. So the police chief, he resigned, and he's trying to blame everybody's reaction to him. 
This emergency powers thing. Where exactly... Where exactly do you get the gall to do this? Where exactly do you get the gall to stand up in front of the entire country? In fact, in front of the entire world. And act as if what you're doing is in the name of liberty, in the name of freedom, when all you're doing is working to crush individual liberties. Canadian authorities have sanctioned 34 forms of cryptocurrency. They have shut down 34 cryptocurrency wallets that are connected closely to the Freedom Convoy. This is still all part of the debanking thing. According to cryptocurrency news site Coindesk, they reported that the Ontario Provincial Police and Royal Canadian Mounted Police ordered all regulated Canadian financial firms to halt transactions from 34 crypto wallets that have been tied to the Freedom Convoy. Well, we've already talked about why cryptocurrencies are in the the crosshairs for the U.S. federal government. Now, obviously, they've got to squash that against this protest in Canada, too. Cryptos literally provide the opportunity to not have to have a middleman limits governmental control. So they want to stop that, too. This is something, uh, again, a threat to the Great Reset, a threat to their power and their control over you. Where do you get the gall? We really are past considerations of the Overton window and have moved into this 1984 level of uh, how you communicate. We're going to tell you a bald-faced lie, but then we're going to tell you the language has changed just enough that what we're telling you is actually true and what you thought it, the words used to mean, well, that was never true. Because uh, if it happened more than five minutes ago, it didn't happen at all. There is no past. With no past, there's nothing that you can learn from. So just you have to believe us. We're the experts and we're in charge. We're in control. We have all the money. We have all the guns. You jump through hoops like a dancing monkey to make us happy. We'll throw you some change and let you live another day. We're fighting to protect freedom of expression for Canadians. No, you are not. Justin, seriously, stop and think about this for just a minute. You are literally openly an authoritarian tyrant as of Monday when you made this announcement and everything you said was the exact opposite of what you're actually trying to do. Everything. The only thing that's accurate in your statements is you're trying to crush this legal protest that you keep saying is illegal because you're calling it an occupation. You're calling it an insurrection. And yet, even the leftist media in your country and in our country and in other places around the world, the global media continues to say, well, you know, there's been surprisingly little violence associated with this movement, despite the fact that we certainly would have expected more. Really? Why is that? 
Justin himself uh, got all worked up because one wackadoodle wingnut who happens to be part of the crowd here protesting against the government was blind a swastika. Well, that automatically means that everybody associated with it must be a racist, must be a white supremacist, probably were Nazis, not neo-Nazis, but actual Nazis, and who were unfrozen just in time to be here for this insurrection occupation. He even went so far as to accuse a Jewish member of parliament of standing with white supremacists. Because one guy had a flag with a swastika on it. One guy. Not representative of the group as a whole. While just a few short years ago, could be counted in just a few months ago, Justin Trudeau himself, yes, that's right, the same Mr. Blackface was taking a knee at a BLM protest in the middle of the height of the worst part of the pandemic when everybody was supposed to be locked down, but it was okay to be a BLM protester out on the streets because for whatever reason, the pandemic didn't want to get you because you were doing a good thing. Protests that actually, more often than not, led to riots, property damage, actual criminal activity. It was important that he was there for that. He supported that. He had to. It was required. But this, an actual to goodness, mostly peaceful, I really need to find something that works well for Trudeau as much as Lesko Brandon does for Beijing Biden. We are at the uh, end of the first hour, so if you're listening to the podcast or if you're listening live, stay right where you're at. Hour number two will start right after this. But if you're listening on terrestrial radio, then this is goodbye for today. So remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort. And most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay healthy, stay safe, obviously, if you can, on both counts. And, uh, you know, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, let's go. state clan taught to praise the little man told that union saved the working class he was raised a red state son to love the flag and own a gun warned about the greed within the mass they met beneath the moonlit sky a college party drunk and high and when they had degrees they said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They 
kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death They learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west You're listening to Tap Into the Truth My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Rise and shine, sleepy Joe. Now's the time, don't you know, to get into a new kind of dream. You can rest your head on the corner of your bed. You can watch the world go by. But you're never gonna see what the other people see. If you're always going to be a line dog face pony soldier. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border And politicians build a new world order Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've got to be free The way God made But they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns All the unions always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn Damn you, when? Hello and welcome. 
Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and, you know, mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you live from historic Rome County, Tennessee. So very, so very glad and proud and slightly amazed that you guys are here listening to this show today. Especially those of you listening to the podcast, because you now have gotten... Past the first hour, you are hanging on to get to that next level, hour number two. Now, if you're listening via terrestrial radio, then there's a really good chance that hour number one was played yesterday, and you're just tuning in and hearing this today. For those, just so that you know, time of the live broadcast, blah, 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 I promise, English is my first language, time of the live broadcast is February. 16th, 2022, and it's somewhere around 8-ish p.m. Eastern time, so you, of course, can adjust to your time zone accordingly, uh, just so that you know what time I got started. Now, I want to get to a couple of stories for sure, but before I jump into those for sure stories, dude, I did want to kind of mention this. I came across this, and this really kind of aggravated me. Now, I'm sure by now most of you heard about the assassination attempt on the Democratic candidate for mayor trying to primary the current incumbent officeholder in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Well, there's a newspaper out in Las Vegas. Well, let's just look at the story and then we'll kind of revisit. The Las Vegas Sun, a daily newspaper in the Las Vegas Valley in Nevada, they published an editorial Today, time of the live broadcast, Wednesday, Wednesday, February 16th, they published an editorial that in part blamed right-wing extremism for the attempted shooting of the Democratic Louisville mayor candidate, Craig Greensburg. The editorial headlines read... Escalating hateful rhetoric leads nation down a dark, chaotic path. Now, that's not a headline. That's practically a freaking first uh, paragraph. But that was a headline. In this article, they said that the attempted shooting revealed the dangers of the talk coming from the right about civil war. And political violence. Hey, guys, the talk from the right about civil war and political violence is us warning you of what's going on on your own side, lefties. Right-wing extremism. Woo! Be afraid of it. We're so extreme. We want you to follow the Constitution. (gasps) Gasp, I'm a terrorist for saying that. We want you to... As the federal government stay out of our business. Oh, my. Oh, my. Can you? That is the talking of an insurrectionist right there. Just keep clutching your pearls, guys. Now, the alleged shooter happens to be a 21-year-old political activist. The alleged shooter was arrested near the scene and was later charged with attempted murder along with four counts of wanton endangerment. This guy literally, very bad shot, but still managed to get one shot close enough 
to the mayoral candidate that there was a hole in a sweater. Now, this is almost enough that I, my little antenna was going on. It's like, was this a setup? Was this staged? Was this an attempt to get sympathy for a uh, Democratic candidate that's more lefty than the current office holder? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I certainly hope not. And I, and I just say that because this is how cynical I've become. But my level of cynicism is nowhere near this ridiculous propaganda piece that popped up here. Literally, in the article, they say, while there's been no indication yet that the activist has ties to any right-wing organizations, dude, the same day the news broke, Monday the news broke, they identified the guy. They know who he is. He is a leftist through and through. He has no associations with right-wing organizations other than to criticize them or probably wanting to assassinate people that are associated with them. But let me let me go back. <sighs> While there's been no indication yet that the activist has ties to any right-wing organizations, the shooting comes amid a rise in threats against politicians fueled by increasingly violent rhetoric coming from extremist Republicans. The editorial pointed to a piece that showed up in the New York Times that showed a growing trend of violent threats being made to members of Congress. The Times reviewed 75 uh, incidents against individuals who made threats against lawmakers, but noted that those uh, indictments that were involved with these instances were not limited by simple partisanship. Threats were made by constituents across the political spectrum towards lawmakers of both parties. So guess what? That's the American people being fed up and not knowing how to deal with their righteous anger. And sadly enough, sometimes righteous anger turns into not-so-righteous action because you refuse to acknowledge, as a lawmaker, uh, your failings. You refuse to acknowledge that you're overstepping your bounds. You refuse to acknowledge that you do have a mandate, and that mandate is to do the work of the people, nothing more and certainly nothing less. Not that very many of you even understand that as a general concept anymore, elected officials. Now, that was noted in the New York Times piece, but the editorial in the paper here, well, while it was published Wednesday, hours after it had been revealed, not just hours, better than a day after it had been revealed that the suspect in the attempted shooting a certain Mr. Brown, was a full-blown left-wing activist. Real Clear Politics co-founder and president Tom Bevan first pointed out the article on Twitter. Said, holy F, except he actually used a naughty word, at Las Vegas Sun, this editorial was written after the alleged shooter was identified as a left-wing BLM activist. Activist, activist. 
Now, this is a guy, the shooter. He started full-blown in, in everyone's space activism in 2018. That's when he first appeared on MSNBC's AM Joy with Joy Reid. First showed up as a member of a March for Our Lives anti-gun violence protest in Louisville. He was one of the people out there screaming, Say her name! Okay, her name was Brianna Taylor. And now, what are you going to actually do to try to make sure the bad parts don't happen again? What are you going to do to make sure that young women uh, are not uh, being forced to associate with so many freaking drug dealers in their lives? What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about how dangerous it is for police officers to the point that they honestly believe they have to execute no-knock warrants? It's the only chance they have to avoid getting shot themselves. And even then, it doesn't work out so well for some officers. There's a lot of things that you can pick apart in the Breonna Taylor project, but the more information that comes to light, the more information you know, the more facts, and facts should matter, the less it looks like Breonna Taylor was a complete and total innocent and the police were completely overstepping. And the more it looks like this was still a potential criminal situation. The boyfriend who was there, not the ex that they were really looking for, but the boyfriend who was there felt that they were in dire enough straits that he needed to, as soon as he heard somebody knocking at the door, to come out shooting. Because the way the no-knock warrant played out, he was given a pass. Breonna Taylor died. He was given a pass. He was shooting a police officer, shot one in the leg, but he was given a pass. Why? Because he was able to convince them that this was a bad neighborhood, and if somebody just breaks into my house, I need to be able to defend it. Can't argue against that. That's where no-knock warrants become very dangerous for everyone involved. But this guy was out there screaming, say her name. He was on Joy Reid's show. He had associations with the black Hebrew Israelites. He had associations with the Lion of Judah, which is a black nationalist militia group. He has associations with all kinds of uber-leftist revolutionary organizations. He's a dangerous guy. Proved that he was dangerous by virtue of saying, pa-pow, pa-pow, I'm trying to kill somebody. Or maybe he should have spent some more time on the range. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know what? That, that actually sounds way worse than what I meant. I meant he was a bad shot. But if I could take that back, I'm not going to. But if I could, it's like, yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like I was hoping he actually killed somebody. That That is not what I <laughs> That is not even close to what I want. So apologies for anyone that's offended. Clearly... That was not my intention, but if you took it that way, then, you know, get over it. I just told you that's not what I meant. Uh, if that's not good enough for you, too bad. All right, so um, we've talked about Tyrant Trudeau in Canada back in the first hour. Talked about the Freedom Trucker uh, convoy still ongoing, still the battle. We talked about how under the emergency powers that Trudeau has used to 
to declare himself as emperor of Canada. I, all kinds of crazy stuff's going on from tow truck driver space being arrested to to banks are being uh, forced not to provide assistance and to do banking services and uh, financial institutions that are non-banks uh, that handle cryptocurrencies have been put on lockdown to 34 different types of cryptocurrency, all part of the battle so that not Castro's kid, Tyrant Trudeau, can maintain uh, complete and total authoritarian power in an effort to save liberty. Or something. What is it with the left now suddenly thinking that the only way to save freedom is to take it all away from you? I mean, I, I'm guessing the idea is something along the lines of they're saving all the freedom for themselves. They're afraid that if we use some of our freedom, there's less of it available for them, maybe. I, I, I guess that's it. They're trying to conserve it. You know, they're, they're very green-minded, right? They're, very conservatarian. So uh, uh, they're trying to conserve uh, green spaces and they're trying to conserve freedom uh, for themselves so they can keep it all. And uh, in, in order to have more, uh, much like money, they have to take it from us forcibly. Don't know how you go, guys in the North or Hanley. But there was another big story this week, much, much bigger than the mainstream legacy media is wanting to pretend. It is. In fact, they're kind of wanting to pretend like it didn't happen at all, trying to pass it. But I did get a kick out of the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, along with other Biden administration communication officials, as they're very artfully, not very skillfully, but very artistically, dodging questions, dodging a lot of questions about the bombshell report that alleges that Hillary Rodham Clinton and that her campaign paid a tech company to spy on President Donald John Trump. Yes, that's right. The orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist who told us then he'd been spied on. Most of us recognized there were some clear-cut signs that, yes, people were monitoring uh, the comings and goings of private citizens during the campaign phase. But this took it to another level. This took place after the election. There was pre-election, and then there was post-election, after in office. So according to special counsel John Durham, who is still investigating the origins of the FBI's Trump Russia probe. Lawyers for the Clinton campaign paid a tech company to infiltrate servers belonging to Trump Tower and the Trump White House in an effort to establish a narrative linking the former commander-in-chief, you know, Donald Trump, to Russia. The Russian collusion story proven completely false. The little PP tape a scandal completely debunked. Most leftists still buy that hook, line, and sinker, even though now smart money is on the fact that, yeah, there actually was truth to the whole prostitutes and golden shower things, but it was never Trump that was there. This was when Hillary thought 
Joe Biden might jump into the race then and had info on Hunter Biden on standby, ready to bump him right out of the race if he had changed his mind. May have actually used that to blackmail him to keep him from getting in then anyway. Might have been the only reason he didn't want to run against Hillary. Certainly would have made more sense for him to run after serving as VP rather than waiting four years and letting Hillary take her shot. It's like, well, you see, uh, Joe, we've got this on Hunter. Because everything in the Steele dossier that they claimed was Donald Trump is way more believable as a Hunter Biden thing. It's the kind of thing that we know for a fact Hunter Biden did on the regular, especially during the time frame that uh, we were talking about for for the dossier. Now, granted, that is still speculation and that is still part of, dare I say it, let me hit the music. That is. Sorry about the delay. <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory. It is for real. Hunter Biden, bad guy, drug problems, bag man for the Biden criminal family. Yeah. Yeah, it's all documented, admitted by Hunter himself at this point, and on a few occasions, even by other members of the Biden family. Although Joe still has it in his head. Oh, no, Hunter, all of this has been debunked. Debunked by who, Joe? Who's debunked it? You? Because heaven knows that you don't ever tell a untruth or half-truth. Sometimes, sometimes you do just tell the truth. But normally it's like when you're talking, uh, telling these crazy stories about leaving a dead dog on a lady's doorstep. I just put it right there on her front step because she is mad that it was in her yard. What? Did you guys hear this, by the way? Legit. He was telling the story of some type of uh, uh, meeting or what have you. He was talking about in his earliest days in politics when he was part of the county commission, some lady called him. Clearly, she was of a different type of political persuasion. Clearly did not vote for him because he was a Democrat. She had tried calling the county cleanup to come get the dead dog off her yard. She couldn't get a hold of anybody, so she called him because his number was available. And, and he told her, yes, I will, I will make sure somebody gets out there and takes care of that first thing in the morning because it was after hours for the uh, government employees. They weren't available, right? So he's getting laughter. People are enjoying this story. And then he goes on to tell about how She uh, said, no, I want you out here. I want this taken care of now. So he goes to show up. And and to get the dog off her yard, he just moves the dead dog, picks it up, puts it on her front step. It's not in your yard anymore. Somebody from the county will be out here in the morning. If he pulled those kind of shenanigans here in Tennessee, he would not have left that yard of his own power. There's a good chance he wouldn't have left alive. You don't pull those kind of shenanigans. I don't care if somebody voted for you or not. Good grief. And he was telling this story for laughs. And he got 
quite a few at this meeting until some folks kind of started questioning, you know, if this is even real. And that has to be the first thing you ask when it comes to a Joe Biden story. Most of the stories he tells, even the ones his favorite stories about Amtrak, are all completely mm, bovine excrement. Complete and total bat guano nut storytelling because it makes him seem more normal. There's nothing normal about picking up a dead dog in somebody's yard and just moving them up to their front step. Good grief. Why is anybody laughing at that story? Even, even if you think he's making it up from start to finish, why would you laugh at that story? Anyway, back to the false story about Russia and the true story about Hillary basically pulling the trigger on spying. I mean, this was a huge story. Possibly one of the biggest scandals in U.S. federal government history. But when pressed by journalist Jen, circle back Saki, refused to provide details about the information relevant to the Durham report. Uh, one reporter asked, do you know if there's still a system picking up server data on the executive office of the president? And if not, when did it stop? Again, I know you asked my colleague a few questions about this the other day, but I would point you with any questions about this to the Department of Justice. Circle back, Saki responded. Is what was described in the filing there, monitoring internet traffic, is that, generally speaking, would that be considered something along the lines of spying? Another reporter followed up. Again, I would point you to the Department of Justice because I can't answer this question without getting in trouble. Okay, she didn't say the last part, but that's clearly why. So like Circleback Saki said, the White House Principal Deputy Press Secretary, Karen Jean-Pierre, took a similar track earlier in the week, uh, quoting here, this news about the Durham investigation. Does the president have any concern about a candidate for president using computer experts to infiltrate computer systems of competing candidates or even the president-elect for the goal of creating a narrative? That's something I can't speak to from this podium so I refer you to the Department of Justice, Department of Justice, Department of Justice, Department of Justice, who's not answering any questions on this either. Basically, after the Durham report was made public, the Washington Free Beacon found that President Biden's campaign had also hired the very same firm that Clinton allegedly tapped to spy on President Trump. Quoting from their report, the Biden campaign paid nearly $20,000 to a cybersecurity firm at the center of special counsel John Durham's investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia probe. This from investigative reporter Chuck Ross, who also wrote in that same article, the campaign paid uh, New Star Information Services in 2020 for accounting and compliance work. 
this according to the Federal Election Commission records. Now, according to Durham, the chief technology officer there, uh, Mr. Rodney Joff, or Joffe, I'm not sure about the pronunciation. It's either Joff or Joffe. Uh, Rodney, we'll call him. Well, Rodney, he accessed sensitive web traffic data that the company maintained on behalf of the White House Executive Office in order to collect derogatory information about Donald Trump. He spied. He got into, quote, metadata. Then he also got into other data. He spied. Should be criminal activity. Should be treated as criminal activity. In years past, In years past, this would have sparked outrage from both sides of the aisle. In years past, this would have been something that the American people would have stood up and said, guys, what are you doing? We, we forced a former president to resign when we found out that he was recording conversations he was having. When we found out he was making an enemies list, when we found out that he was considering using government institutions like the IRS as a weapon against his enemies. But in the modern age, once Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama was elected, all of a sudden it's perfectly okay for the IRS to go after your enemies. It's perfectly okay for you to be debanked. And once Donald Trump was was elected to office, well, then all bets are off. There is no more decorum. All the the gloves are off. We're putting bricks inside of purses, and we're bashing people in the back of the head. Why? Because, well, because that's what the left's wanted to do all along. They, they are so beside themselves with joy that they feel like it's, starting to cost them. It's going to cost them big. But they still felt like they were at the point where the American public's just going to let them do it. They don't have to be sneaky anymore. They don't have to keep it on the DL. They don't have to say, oh, yeah, we're for the little guy uh, and, you know, secretly do stuff to enrich themselves. They felt like, just like tyrant Trudeau in Canada, Oh, uh, yeah, we're going to keep saying we're for the little guy, but, uh, you know, all those little guy truck drivers crush them like bugs. What, tow truck drivers uh, are going to just refuse to help us move them? Crush them like bugs. What, people want to send them money? Crush them like bugs. What, there's people influencing this situation from outside of the country? Crush them like bugs. Hey, hey, uh, uh, uh. Whoever I need to talk to in the White House, because I know Joe Biden's not going to follow this. Your people are sending a lot of money to my people that are up here trying to overthrow my government, trying to insurrect against me, trying to occupy my country. I need you to stop that. Okay, Justin, uh, we'll get right on that. Good grief. All right, so it is just past the halfway point of this second hour. So uh, give me just a minute. We'll take a brief break, and then we will jump right back into things. 
the world we're living in. Goodness gracious. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. How will history reflect upon the massive truck driver freedom blockade in Canada and the United States? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. For more months than I can remember, I have been telling my fantastic audience members on my popular talk show, The Ron Edwards American Experience, and anyone else who would listen, that we the people must massively rise up and push back vigorously against the tyrannical toads in government who seek to control our lives. Also against the government indoctrination system that seeks to continue making dullards out of generations of Americans and the Obamacare-dominated medical care system, which has proven to be more poisonous than beneficial. My friends, the trucker freedom fighters have set the tone and have shown through their brave effort that we can turn the tide and win back our God-given unalienable rights. But we must follow their bold effort with an even greater measure of resolve to not let up until victory is assured and sustained. Then I believe that history will look back favorably on we, the refounding fathers of this sweet land of liberty. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Will you ever run for political office again? No. The lying dog-faced pony soldier. Who, who, who takes what when? cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure there was a medical school where the hell I spoke from. It was on campus. I keep forgetting I'm president. I want to say thank you. Come again. I can now go to a Krispy Kreme Donuts because I have a slight Indian accent. Very slight because it's not a very good one. I have said for many years that almost every single solution to any problem put forth by leftists usually has nothing to do with helping but rather to bring about greater harm. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. We all know that illicit drug use has been a horrible problem throughout our nation for decades. While at the same time, subversive activists have been clamoring for equal results for all people and so-called racial equity. 
Of course, history has proven the racial equity equal results movement has rendered nothing but misery, failure, and utter craziness. To ensure the no solution madness continues, the Biden regime proudly displayed Uncle Joe's true racist leanings by wanting to give out crack pipes and other drug paraphernalia to black drug addicts in the name of racial equity. Such poppycock is a result of what happens when people operate totally void of any concept of moral decency. The Founding Fathers warned of utter destruction from within if we the people were to allow God and morality to be booted out of society. It's Second Chronicles 714 time, my fellow Americans. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, simply go to BlueRidgeCoffeeCrafters.com. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go To whom it may concern It's easy to get burned So very much for staying with me through that very brief break. I am, of course, honored and humbled that you are still here, especially those of you that are listening to the podcast, because we are now better than an hour and a half in. So thank you so much for being here. As we continue to move forward into the last segment of the broadcast today, I want to take a moment to remind you that, yes, spring is coming. It's just around the corner. So that means more time outside. And for some of us, that means summertime bodies are going to be an issue soon. If you're a little like me, maybe you have a sweet tooth, maybe it makes it hard for you to keep that summertime body. Uh, You know what might help? Strangely enough, a candy bar. Well, you know, not just any candy bar. I'm talking about Built Bar. Uh, trust me, the Built Bar is unbelievably good. They keep telling me, they promise, they swear that it's a protein bar. I'm not sure I believe them. I've had protein bars before. Protein bars don't taste like this. This is a candy bar. Uh, relatively low calorie, uh, good tasting flavors, ton of different flavors. In fact, if you're new to the product and you're still trying to figure out what your favorite might be, they have a variety pack. They have the favorites set aside, and then they also have these lovely uh, rotation of new flavors that they're trying out. And if the demand is strong enough, they will be made permanent too. So how do you get involved in this? Well, you could just go to built.com and, and you know, you, you will, you'll get there and you could order from there. But I'm going to ask a small favor. In today's show description, I am going to put a link going to put Built Bar, and they're going to put a link out beside it. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, because I know on some of the podcast platforms, 
part of that link will be live and it will take you there. But if you don't use the whole link, they're not going to know that it was me that sent you. So copy the whole link, paste it into your web browser, go visit and check out everything that Built Bar has to offer. They'll do a much better job of telling you everything, including their non-candy bar items as well. Go check them out, visit, make a purchase while you're using that link, and I get a, a small little bit of a commission. That's all. But you're helping to support the show. Getting something that's really great that you're going to love, and you get to help support the show, that's a win-win-win. Built Bar wins because they get a brand new loyal customer in you. You win because you get something that's going to help you achieve that summertime body without sacrificing taste and without having to fight the cravings of your sweet tooth. And uh, I win because, you know, a little bit of support for the show. So, again, win, win, win. And if you're listening on terrestrial radio, if it's not convenient at the moment to copy, paste, and visit uh, the link in the show description, then a little bit later, should be easy enough to remember, just come visit me over at the uh, show's website. Uh, that's tap into the truth, T A P P into the truth, all one word, dot com. Tap into the truth dot com. Visit me there. Scroll down that homepage. You'll see a banner for Built Bar. Just click one of the banners for Built Bar that's present, and that will let them know you're coming from me, too. So it works just as well. And also, real quick, before I delve into this last story, I want to remind everybody that uh, be on the lookout for announcements about how you can qualify to receive a copy, a hardback copy of the brand new book going to be released in July, The Woking Dead. Uh, A.J. Rice, uh, he is a wizard that works behind the scenes. He's a man that's responsible for a large percentage of the guests who've appeared on the show for a very long time. He will be on the show in uh, July, maybe depending on when it falls. Uh, we'll have that conversation about the new book. We'll do those promotions. But what I'd really like for you to do right now is so you can see for yourself is go over to Amazon.com and then search in books for The Woking Dead. Or you can just look for A.J. Rice because they do the author page too. Should be able to pull up the book and see the pre-order page and just uh, take a look at the description, uh, the blurbs that are up there already. Uh, some of the people who have commented about it, uh, read it. It generates some excitement because I think you guys are really going to enjoy having a copy of this book yourself. Uh, if you just can't wait and you want to go ahead and pre-order, if you just don't believe you'll have a chance to win, then please, by all means, pre-order. And somewhere in the process, let them know that you uh, were told to, to go place this pre-order uh, based on listening to Tap Into The Truth. Uh, let them know that I sent you there. Uh, it's not going to do anything for me specifically. I just want you guys to have a really great book from somebody who is extremely, extremely important to uh, shows like mine. Uh, it's just that simple. Okay. I, I don't have enough time to delve too deeply into it, but we probably will revisit it, uh, providing that we don't have all-out war breakout between now and the next broadcast. But there was a recall election for school board members in San Francisco. The parents in San Francisco decided decisively that they recalled all three folks that were up for recall. They wanted them gone. They don't want the school boards in the city to be worried about renaming schools when they 
aren't capable of getting the schools open. They don't want them worried about uh, whether or not racial essentialism, what most folks are still calling critical race theory, they, they don't want that to be a primary goal. They want them actually teaching real history. I want you teaching my kid math, not how math is racist. I want you teaching my kid about the founding of the country in 1776, about the American Revolution against the English crown. I want you teaching us about the fact that slavery existed and eventually slavery was ended as a result of the internal strife that we often refer to as the American Civil War. This was a referendum against the kind of things that the National Association of Independent Schools are trying to put out there. Now, this is the story that I want to tell you about. I'm going to read you part of the article, and I'm going to try to make sure I have enough time to comment. I have shortchanged myself on this because this is one of those stories I could have designated an entire hour to. But the National Association of Independent Schools, a member group that serves more than 1,600 schools nationwide, well, it's taking steps to encourage teachers to implement graphic sexual material into curricula, at least according to Breitbart News. Breitbart obtained footage and documents related to nearly one hour long training at the group's main 2020 conference. The footage, geared towards pre-K to 8th grade, included a conversation about gender and sexuality and identity and, for instance, how educators should discuss penises and vaginas. Starting in pre-K, quoting from uh, what we saw here, starting in pre-K, we talk about their bodies, the parts that they were born with, about penises and vaginas, and whether they make somebody a boy or a girl, but also their feelings. What do they feel like inside? Do they feel like a boy or a girl? Does, does their head say? Do, do their heart and their bodies match up? The educator who ran the lecture claimed that Second-grade students should learn about gender identity and specifically, quote here, in terms of your head and your heart and your body parts matching up and what happens if it doesn't. She also said that fifth-graders should be taught about gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. Remember, fifth-graders are still kids that have not gone through puberty yet. The NAIS's training stressed that accredited schools should make strides to derail, a, <laughs> derail against certain parental concerns about teaching the subject matter. Puritans speak, as the lecture referred to it, relates to various phrases that parents might recite to oppose their kids' learning left-wing ideology. This uh, Puritan speak included, that's my job. Because when it comes to sexual education, it is the job of the parent, not the teacher. Another phrase you might hear, they're just not ready. 
which until they went through puberty, uh, yeah, I'm going to go along with that. I, I think that's absolutely correct. They're not ready to hear the crazy confusion stuff. They're going to be confused enough as they go into puberty because it's a tumultuous time in a young person's life to begin with. Another phrase, that's too much too soon. And yeah, again, I'm going to agree with that statement. They're too young to know that. Well, you know, you should let kids be kids. If you don't think that a pre-K student is too young to know about gender expression, then you're the problem. You shouldn't be teaching. You shouldn't be allowed near kids. You're abusing children. Something else. Won't they lose their innocence? Uh, correct. Yes, they will not only lose their innocence, it will be ripped from them. But what if my child isn't ready? Uh, honey, until they went through puberty, your child's not ready. It's not a what if. It is definitely not. But what if they tell each uh, other children? Yeah, that's kind of going to happen. If you let your child go through this type of indoctrination, they're going to help spread it. That's why they want to get the children this young. It's not a mystery. Don't you have to wait until they ask? Um, well, if you wait till they ask, then they might already have made up their mind that, hey, yeah, I'm a guy, and I've always been a guy, and I kind of like being a guy. Uh, there was a minute when I was like, girls keep rejecting me. What could that mean? And then I realized that that's just part of being a guy. It doesn't mean I have to express another gender. See, if you wait till they ask, they've already made up their minds. How scary for the leftist indoctrination machine. But what if they keep on asking questions? That's kind of what these folks want. But rest assured, they don't want them asking you, the parent, the questions. They want them to continue to come back to them, the leftist indoctrinators. I'm sorry, professional educators. Same difference in public schools these days, isn't it? It's a distinction without a difference. You're just trying to put ideas in their head. Now, there's some real Puritan speak. Guys, I never realized this, but I guess I'm a Puritan. Hmm. Oh, well. Now, in one part of the training, an educator described how she accidentally, I'm sure, total, just completely accidentally happened, taught pre-K children about the vulva and the Libya. I'm sorry, accidentally taught them? How do you accidentally teach them about external parts of the vagina? Yeah, I, I'm kind of wondering, did you use uh, visual aids? Did you literally get involved with pornography in your class? Pre-K children, people, pre-K children. And in accidentally teaching these pre-K children this, that made them shocked. But the teacher said that her colleagues should be kind to yourself when making such mistakes. But was it a mistake, really? So an, inf an informal group called Undercover Mothers sent Breitbart the information 
It is a network of parents seeking to protect kids from the abuse being inflicted by schools and the cartels of the Regional and National Association of Independent Schools. Private schools affiliated with the NAIS have implemented enrollment contact sections that bar parents from having strong disagreement with the curricula and policy or else risk the student being expelled, also according to the article at Breitbart. In one contract obtained by the outlet, it says that, quote, parent-slash-guardian approval will not be a prerequisite for respecting a student's gender identity. And, quote, the school shall accept the gender identity that each student asserts. Now, undercover mothers shared flyers in school hallways that members' kids attend, uh, according to Breitbart. And one is an image of a pansexual whale, alluding to a whale that is attracted to whales of all genders. And another is an asexual whale, which allegedly defines a whale that does not feel sexually attracted to any other whales. Uh, another example highlighted was the NAIS-affiliated school that uh, has a book in its library called Gender Queer. Now, of course, this book depicts boys having oral sex. Um, probably not school-age-appropriate material. And just, just putting that out there. So in an article in the Wall Street Journal that appeared last week, two educational activists described their horror at watching about 100 hours of leaked footage from this NAIS training. Uh, quoting them here, No longer are private schools focused primarily on teaching critical thinking, fostering intellectual curiosity, and rewarding independent thought. Their new mission is to train a vanguard of activists to lead the charge in tearing down the foundations of society, reminiscent of the Maoist China's Red Guard. So I don't have much time left to actually comment about this, which is part of why I added some commentary as I went through the article. But this is one of the primary reasons why you saw this revolt even in San Francisco, you guys are going too far. Now, I, for one, am happy to let you keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and as long as parents are waking up and, and changes are being made. But the problem here is in the process, there are lives that are being irreparably damaged. There are children that are being harmed by your indoctrinated initiatives. And the, the worst part of this whole scenario is about half of the people that are pushing this agenda are doing so because they honestly think they're helping these children. They're so indoctrinated that they can't see that they're abusing children. Hello, please understand one simple basic fact. There should not be any sexual conversation or sexual education of students that have not at the very least began puberty. That's not the role of school, public or private. That's not your job. It's mine. Well, guess what? That's true. Now, there's a lot of parents that don't want to do that part of the job, and I understand it because it can be uncomfortable. 
But that still doesn't negate the fact that that's the role of a parent. And I'm sorry, you as a government actor, you as the state, you don't get to assume that role just because you think the parent isn't going to do it. But y'all just keep pushing up against parents. Y'all just keep calling parents that are concerned enough to show up at the meetings. You just keep calling them terrorists. You have woken up the sleeping giant. You mess with a mama bear. You mess with that mama bear's cubs, and the mama bear knows you're doing it. You're going to get mauled. Now, I'm using metaphor. You're going to get booted out of office. I'm not saying you're going to get physically assaulted. Now, in some parts of the country, you do this enough, and you're disrespectful to the parents, too. Uh, there might be a few folks that decide to get a little physical. That's always a possibility. But here's the sad, sad, terrible part. I don't want to condone that behavior. But I am going to tell you that if you're doing this kind of thing and you're disrespecting them in the process, whether you realize it or not, you kind of deserve a whooping. You kind of deserve it, whether you get it or not. Whether it's appropriate for you to receive it from the parent or not. You deserve it. Hopefully, it'll just be metaphorical. They'll whoop you on election day when it comes time to reestablish a new member of the school board. But in this case, we're not talking about school board members. We're talking about actual educators in the classroom. So maybe they'll raise a big enough stink in the school that eventually they decide it's too much trouble to have you there as one of their indoctrinators. I'm sorry, professional educators. It'll be too much trouble, and they'll cut you loose. Remember, some folks have learned here recently that cancel culture comes for everyone. And there's a lot of folks leaning to the right that uh, they're not above utilizing cancel culture themselves. And while some of these private schools may make a big deal about, yeah, if you uh, complain too much here, parents, we're just going to boot your kid out. Private schools depend heavily on uh, that cash flow. If enough of you pull together and say, well, I'm withdrawing my child from here, I'm going to send them to a school that actually pays attention to what I require them to be educated in, actual history, actual math, that will get their attention too. In the meanwhile, I'm going to have to just leave it there. But you guys just need to continue to wake up, continue to get vocal, and let's support the truckers and uh, remember don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and, uh, you know, do your own research. Most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. And meanwhile, stay safe and stay healthy out there if at all possible. And, uh, you know, be smart, even if it goes against your nature. I'm out. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go,
using both hands. 